is good like this. Talk for real. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Let's Do This. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of THC True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host, Mariah. This is your other host now introducing the podcast. I know. Auntie B. Well, I'm a year older. I'm so much wiser. A year older, a year wiser, a year sicker. You know it. If but my body can't fail me on my birthday, then what good is it? Yeah, poor B's been sick. We blame birthday weekend shenanigans, oh, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, how was your how was it? How was oh, your birthday weekend? It was fine. So what? We went to Sacramento, which was so boring. Was it? So fucking boring. Nothing going on. After being in San Jose a couple weekends ago during Christmas and how lit that was and just oh, yeah. like the vibe and everything sacramento sucks the like you we, mean to tell me that there's a difference in the bay area and sacramento i could I have know. never guessed that it's just compared to the last time i was there though we got downtown at like noon yeah nothing was open we walked yeah. so long just trying to find something mm-hmm. and like the few places that were we found one place that was like a like a crab boil place where they dump it on the table. Yeah. So we go and we get seated and they're like, have you ever been here? And we're like, no. And they're like, okay, well, you have to scan the little barcode thing for your menu. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. So we're looking on our Wi-Fi trying to connect to the restaurant. The fucking restaurant doesn't offer Wi-Fi. Uh. <laughs> so how the fuck am I supposed to scan for your menu? That's so funny. And then we just sat there like waiting for someone to acknowledge us. So we just got Something up and Something to left. happen. Mm-hmm. So we just got up and left. And that That's was a crazy. blessing. Because we walked and we walked and we walked and Nick smelled barbecue. And there was a place, I think it was called Sauced. And I was like, awesome. Sounds great. And out of the corner of my eye, all I saw was a flag mm-hmm. and the word pub. And I'm like, that's a fucking putt-putt. That is oh. a fucking pub putt-putt if there is a flag and it says pub. And it absolutely was. It was an underground. Was it also Sauced or is that something else? It was something different. It was Got right it. across the way. So just to let you know, did you eat it sauce? We did not. Okay. Because so I was like, if you like it. It smelled and looked incredible. They have one in our hometown. Okay. They have one downtown. Awesome. No, it smelled good. It looked good. But as soon as I saw the option to putt, I was like, that's it. Yeah. Next time you take a Vi down to your parents, I would maybe check the one out downtown because they're known not just for their food and stuff, but they're known for these crazy milkshakes mm. that have like the donut and the slice yeah. of cake. And you can get them boozy style too if you want, which Amazing. you know me, I'm not a creamy boozy person. But, oh, yeah. but you know, mm-hmm. you and your mom might be. Yeah. You guys can get a boozy shake, but yeah, Vi can get like a milkshake the size of her head. That'd be fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the indoor putt-putt was great. My favorite part about it is that it had the thing that I'm interested in where it's not your traditional putt on the ground. Mm-hmm. It's up on a table, shuffleboard style. Oh, my Lord. And they call it duffelboard. Oh, boy. Yeah. They're very close to stealing your million-dollar idea, which we won't say on the podcast. So half of it, it was that, and half of it was traditional putt. And then I don't know if it was actually part of their business or if they like rented out their kitchen, but there was basically like a taco truck inside. Amazing. Yeah, so you go to a little kiosk and you get your tacos and then you go to the bar and you get your drinks and then you go to the register and you get your putt. Dang. Incredible. Love to hear it. Yeah. My favorite um, football watching spot slash taco place is in San Francisco is closing. Oh. Just so sad. Yeah. I have so many good memories there. It's this like 
great looking bar that looks like something out of the movie like burlesque mm-hmm. like it's all like maroons and hot pinks are and they gold chandeliers the or are they just not well i don't think the bar so the main part is a bar okay with like the tvs and then they always have like the bottomless mimosas on sundays yeah, when yeah, you're watching yeah. football mm-hmm. but they have a taco spot like hidden in the corner okay. and for sure the taco spot's closing oh and they have the best tacos so i was a little bummed to hear that for not sure. that i've been there in years it doesn't matter you can still remember how they taste and that's all that matters that's right yeah mm-hmm. they had great great tacos so rest in peace Dang. that taco place in san francisco um let's see of course i haven't been up to anything much what whatever would i be up to but i listened to a great podcast Ooh. called lime town okay lime town I recommend the first season. The second season's kind of whatever. And this is a couple years old. So I think that's all they're making. But what I like about it is the first season, it is a scripted, like acted out podcast. But it sounds like a true crime podcast of like a, an investigative journalist. So is the story fictitious? Yeah, everything's fictitious. But it sounds real. But it sounds like a documentary, that's basically. Fun. Because the very first podcast I ever listened to that got me into podcasts was a podcast called Serial, which is just that. It was a, an investigative journalist trying to get to the bottom of the Adnan Syed case. Okay. Sorry if I mess up his name, guys. Um, he's This is a big deal in the true crime community. You just don't have any idea what I'm talking about. No, that's fine. But that's the podcast that got me hooked into podcasts and into true crime. Okay. And it's just her recording her interactions with people, interviews with people, yeah. her doing like you know her whatever uh what what do you do what do you do you what do you do when you like look up something on a subject research yeah (laughs) research you're part of our podcast yeah so anywho this sounds just like that but it's all fictitious and so there's like a sci-fi element to it because it's like your favorite scary movie it is very much like my favorite scary movie. Absolutely correct. Yes, ma'am. Get us some Mila and we're But sold. this time I know it's fake. Right. So. I love it. I'll have you know, somebody on TikTok did rate the fourth. Oh, a lot of people the do. The fourth kind as one of the scariest movies they've ever seen. A lot seen. of people do. And I feel so validated every time they do it. Yeah. And I feel so validated having watched it with you. <laughs> And knowing now that you understand. That I feel wrong. like it's scary if you watch it by yourself. Yeah. I feel like the minute you watch it with another person, you feel yeah. dumb. Yeah. But when you're watching it by yourself, that shit's scary. I don't care. <laughs> I haven't really watched a whole lot. I'm way behind on this, but we just got our HBO back. I watched The Undoing with Nicole Kidman and never Hugh Grant of it. and Donald Sutherland. I love Donald. I'd never even heard of it. It's only six episodes. It's on HBO Max. But is it like six 45-minute hour-ish They're all like an hour. Yeah, then I think six episodes is all you need. Yeah. Um, And I'll give it that each episode I was like, oh, he's guilty. Oh, she's guilty. Oh, the kid's guilty. Oh, the dad's guilty. Right? I'm like, everybody's a suspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, The ending fell a little flat. But they wrapped it up. They gave me an ending because I was okay. really I was afraid there for a minute that they weren't and I'd have to like make it up in my head. But they they did it and it was fine. But it's the acting's incredible. 
I mean, of course, yeah. that cast you is named. Really, I mean, it's all Oscar winners. Really, and there's more. There's other people that I recognize. I just don't know their names. Right. Yeah. No. So it was a really good watch. I enjoyed that. Also, if you guys just got back your HBO, um, the The Last of Us. I don't think I've even heard of that. It's based on a famous video game, okay. but it's zombies. It's oh, okay. a zombie apocalypse. Okay. The first episode, I, Lou and I have only watched the first episode, and it is fucking ru- That first 15, 20 minutes yeah. is some of the worst, roughest TV you'll watch. Okay. As a parent. Yeah. As a functioning yeah. member of society. Yeah. That shit is a hard pill to swallow. Okay. Luckily, I was prepared for it because I've never played the video game, but I've seen other people play the video game. And I don't know if they're going to stick as close to the game going forward, but they kept that first episode, that first 20 minutes, real tight to the beginning of the video game. Okay. Because the very beginning of the video game's almost not even, there's no winning or losing. It's literally just you getting through it to yeah. start the game. Okay. But it's horrific. It yeah. was horrific in the game. It's and horrific the on the show. The Last of Us. The Last of Us. Okay. Fun. It's an interesting take on zombies. They're like, um, it's the idea of like a, like a fungal, like a fungus mm-hmm. takes over inside your body and mm-hmm. then starts trying to spread, you know, like how sure. fungus is spread. Sure. So it's an interesting take. The Once people, once the zombies have been around for a bit, they do lose a little bit of the scare factor to me. That happened in Walking Dead too. It's a little bit like people with mushrooms on their face. Yeah. And you're like, all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But no. Well, that was it in Walking Dead. The more that they started to decompose, it's like that one has a leg. Yeah. Like you can't get away from that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My type of zombies. Mm-hmm. I like myself some slowy, yeah, slow some walking decay zombies. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the first episode is great. We have to catch up. The third episode comes out tomorrow. Okay. But it's great. Fun. Mm-hmm. The actor in it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Meow. Come on. Come on, big daddy. I got a big daddy to talk about later. So. Oh. Well, in the movie. I know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, I don't know. I always feel like there's so much I have to talk about. And then. I I didn't look at any news. I didn't. That's fine. You've been sick. It's been your birthday. Mm -mm. Um, I will say I've been talking to people a lot the last few weeks on Instagram. Yeah. And a lot of people really miss our intro. Really? Yeah. They missed wow, the intro. That's cute. I appreciate the the input. Yeah. So I got to figure out what to do about that. I don't what know if is I bring it that it they back. miss about the Was it because the hardest part about the intro for you was trying to come up with the combos like the gin and co- gin and, and honestly, <laughs> it was just like being lazy of having everything done. And then I have to go record it. Like I have to get all the recording stuff back for out, sure. plug everything back in just to do an intro. Well, what if we just do that first thing like you know how we have to test the mics anyways and we're just talking yeah to talk. we definitely could although sometimes a lot of the, a lot of the times my idea for the intros would comes come after the fact through mm-hmm. we've talked about stuff gotcha um so it's not that big of a deal now that lou has this set up in my room it's a little bit easier because it's just out because it's already out i have to take everything out yeah the other problem is is that music we were using wasn't exactly Legal who, who do we know that has a keyboard and we could just be like meow 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 because when we meow, first started meow, meow. and it was just us and my mom listening <laughs> it probably didn't matter but now that there's more people listening i don't think we're allowed to use we it we can come up with our own unique sound we'll come. yeah we'll see yeah stay tuned 
Hey. You never know what the new year will bring. I mean, maybe by our hundredth episode. Mm. That gives us a handful. Yeah. Right? That could be something to aim for. I think that's realistic. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I thought we were going out on our hundredth episode. <laughs> <laughs> we come up with an intro. We're like, okay. <laughs> and that's all, folks. And that's it. Oh, shit. All right. Well, we'll just dive right into it. Why not? How did you come up with this shit? Was this one that you just found on a list or have you no, known, no, about I've known about it? About this you one. have? Really? I just had to find the will to do it because I thought it was going to be kind of boring. Because So, okay. This is why I thought it was going to be boring. I have seen the movie when it first came out. I think Lou and I rented it on a maybe a DVD or something. Why? <laughs> what a great question. I don't know why. Because I'm married to a boring white dude For who's real. into sports. For real. And we both fell asleep through it. Okay. That's so funny because I you told me what the movie was and I was so excited because I was like, babe, Nick, we can watch this one together. Yeah. It's like, everything your husband likes. You're going to love this. And he's like, oh, we watched this. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you were out yeah. within the first 10 minutes. He's like, I think I even tapped out. He's like, I couldn't get through it. Yeah. So, it's a slow burn. So wait, wait for this one, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, We've all fallen asleep. No, I definitely fell asleep through it. I'm not sure if Lou did or not. That's so funny. So in my mind, that means that the case is boring. I'm like, it's just fucking boring. I like, would I'll think, do it when we. Yeah. But it's actually not boring. Okay. The case is not boring. When Nick told the story through like his point of view we should have had him as a special guest right this is really his one episode that he could have shined it made me excited to try to watch the movie again yeah because even though he was like oh the movie is awful Mm -hmm. but hearing what he had to say about the people in the movie and everything i was like well i could get into that story yeah and and i knew that your husband would geek out at least on the people it was about yeah 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 um and i will tell you because one of my sources was the Netflix documentary, Team Foxcatcher. Try to watch that with Nick. Okay. The documentary is super well done. Okay. And it has interviews with most of the people who are still around with the exception of Mark. Mm-hmm. I love how you guys don't even know what we're talking about right. yet. Um, and that's because I think Mark did a 30 by 30, 30 for 30 ESPN doc. Okay. So I think maybe he was under contract that he couldn't do another documentary or something because he's not mentioned at all. And that feels very weird. So that's bizarre. But the Netflix documentary is fantastic. It's called Team Foxcatcher and it's mainly home movies. Oh, so you really get a feeling. Cute. Anyways, if you guys haven't figured it out yet, we're (laughs) doing uh, the murder of David Schultz by millionaire philampature for <laughs> piece of shit john, john dupont. dupont and of course the movie you watched was foxcatcher yeah with a stacked cast oh for sure and i don't know if steve Carell won an oscar i think he was nominated he though. should have yeah he absolutely should have uh and so if you want to play along to our thc drinking game at home take a drink whatever you're drinking anytime we mention a past thc episode we spill something, you hear the choo-choo train, uh, we mention a badass big sister, we cheers. And monk. And monk. I tried so hard for a monk, you guys. I'm telling you right now, it didn't happen. Nah. I looked up and down every actor or actress in this movie. I'm like, give me something. <laughs> um, 
No, but I bet you you have some old THCs to oh, reference because but, this guy very much reminds. I could I forgot to write him down. Is it Robert Hurst Durst? Yeah, from All Good Things. He reminds me so much of Robert Durst. Yeah. it makes me want to throw myself off a bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you ready, B? I am. You ready, BZ? Well, let's do it. Let's take a sip. Let's do a cheers. I can't actually reach you. Can we do an air cheers? Oh wow. Be putting in the hard work. Oh, knocking out my microphone on the way back. <clears throat> Will you also hand me the wine? Mm. It's been a long week, baby. Fuck it, let's drink, let's do it. Fuck it, let's drink. That should have been the name of our podcast. Fuck it, let's drink. <laughs> well, damn. If we ever need to come up with a new route, when well, that'll. We- when we go to the lifetime only. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. When we Fuck have it, to redirect drink. this whole podcast because we run out of true crime movies. If you ever can't find us at THC. It might be. <laughs> Fuck, Fuck it. it let's, let's drink. drink. Um, which reminds me, we should maybe go on assignment because Cocaine Bear is coming out at the end of the month. Mm. And that is based on a true story. The end of this month? As mm-hmm. in like next week? No, no, no. I'm so sorry. End I'm already of- in February. In my okay, mind. good. Comes out at the end of February. Good. Okay. That... But- I was like, yeah, we could go see Cocaine Bear and do a podcast about it because that yeah. is a very true story. Yeah. Which I'm sure they exaggerated for the movie. I but get to, I get to find a place to rent a bear costume. Get to rent a bear costume and do some cocaine. <laughs> what more do you need? Also, real quick before we really dive into it. Um, I'm so sorry about the audio issues last week. Here's the thing that happens. Um, it doesn't sound like that when I'm editing it. I only got the few little glitches in the beginning. I got all the end of it. Oh, good. My last 10 minutes were not cut off. So my last 10 minutes weren't cut off. We were in like super fast forward mode for the last like few minutes. No, I got a couple hiccups, but everything. Okay. So maybe it was just the one I was listening to. Uh huh. I So that's what makes me think I don't and I'm not going to call out the the people that we pay to put our podcast out there. Yeah. But I think it's something on their end. Because okay. none of that's happening when I'm editing. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if, or maybe something's happening when I'm transferring it from like my, I don't know, I don't know computer terms. Is this a hard drive? A girl. To their. The difference between uploading and downloading. To their website, whatever yeah. I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe something's getting like muddled. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those times those um, audio issues you guys are hearing, I do not hear when I edit. Yeah. And then I that's why I listen back. I normally like I probably would not care. I don't need to listen to us three times. Ramble on, yeah. uh-huh. But I like to listen to it once it's posted on to Spotify or whatever. What it came together as. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because sometimes some shit happens and I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, so. I always listen through Podbean mm-hmm. or whatever. And yeah, again, a few little glitches, but everything. Will, so you I always understand. listen through Spotify. So maybe Spotify was just like bugging out that mm-hmm. day. So I'm so sorry about that, guys. I do the best I can. Remember, it's a it's a one woman show around here. B brings the talent, and then I bring I bring, I bring the the looks of the week. Yeah, I bring all the tech support and the mm-hmm. editing and the ideas and all of that shit. And um, guess what? I'm not very smart. I'm just a fucking hairdresser. Hey, we're all almost, I've done is hair since I was 18. We're so. almost a hundred in. We got this. <laughs> You've made it work. We sure did. And we're going to make this work tonight. I can't wait. There's Me a neither. real story in this. This is episode 85 um, okay. again. The- <gasps> and I was born in 85. And David Schultz died the day after your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So this is the murder of um, amateur wrestler 
David Schultz, which I hate the fact that you have to call him an amateur. When but he's in like a Hall of Fame. Well, right. But it's because air quote professional wrestlers are like the WWF. Oh, that's why. So that's so silly. it's really weird. Amateur wrestlers are real wrestlers. Yeah, like Olympic, like when the yes. Olympians actually. Yeah. Like and when then you think of professional sports. wrestlers are like the theatrical. Hulk Hogan. That's yeah. so funny. Some people cross over like there's a very famous wrestler named Kurt Angle. Okay who started off as an Olympic wrestler and then became a WWF wrestler. Mm -hmm. But very few people like have his pedigree going into like WWF for real. Um, And I think he was, I think he may have been coached by David at one point or somebody in David's camp. He has some tie to David because if you look up David Schultz, you'll just get all this shit that all this Kurt Angle Uh, praise. Okay. So anyways, if any WWF fans are out there, you know, there you go. I got everything for this from, like I said, the great Netflix on uh, the great documentary on Netflix. I like the great Netflix. Fox Catcher. I listened to an episode of a podcast that I'm going to have a really hard time with their name. Necronomipod. Okay. Necronomo. Necronomipod. Necronomipod. I like it. Great podcast. Good job, okay. guys. Thank you so much. They are some big WWF fans. So, okay. you know, wonder what the name stands for. <laughs> right. No um, and then an all things interesting article, Wikipedia on everybody. Cause I had a Wikipedia, John Dupont, I had a Wikipedia, David Schultz and this guy and that guy. Uh, <laughs> the Had Nash- you ever heard of John Dupont? I've heard of Dupont, like whatever, okay. like Dupont <laughs> racing or whatever. Okay. But not John, John DuPont. DuPont. Mm-hmm. Um, the National Wrestling Hall of Fame.com and Oklahoman.com. Oklahoman. <laughs> All right. David Schultz was born June 6th, 1959 in Palo Alto, California. Hey. I'm like Nebraska. <laughs> he was quickly followed by his little brother, Mark Schultz, in 1960. Um, David, growing up, was a bit of a chubby kid. He was pretty dyslexic, kind of just a goofy kid all around. Okay. And so, of course, he was bullied for it. Yeah. But he found a home and confidence in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like good old fashioned, like Greco-Roman yeah. With the singlets. Exactly. Wrestling. Mm-hmm. He started doing that in junior high school. Turns out he was really good at it. In 1977, his senior year at Palo Alto High School, he becomes state champion. And he also then wins his first national and international titles. His little brother, Mark, who started off as a gymnast, then switches over to wrestling and is also really good. He also becomes a state champ. And it's always... You know, I don't think they're I don't know if they I mean, they might be competing against each other a little bit, but it's very much like Venus and Serena Williams. They're siblings. They're siblings. Like we said, they're put both, a chicken strip between them. It's fucking on. They're both really talented. Yeah. And they are really close, though. They don't like fight there's like love. That. I just mean mm-hmm. they're both great at what they do. Yeah. Um, In college, he listen, Dave wins fucking everything. Mm-hmm. He's not your typical wrestler he doesn't go into it with the same kind of mindset as your typical wrestler he's very smart and very intelligent and 
um, almost to like a genius level amount of what he learns and then applies about traditional wrestling. He's easy to coach and he's just obsessive about wrestling in a way that, I mean, is just like a top tier. Nobody can really touch him when it comes to that. And so then he kind of just like outsmarts everybody. Okay. And when they were talking about that and the type of wrestler he I mean, was. Wrestling is a lot of a mental game. So, yeah, it is. Can- and they would talk about how he would like kind of look sort of goofy, like he went bald early and he had this kind of goofy little like walk, like this little gate. Yeah. And he would like give people like a little like kind of like high five handshake sort of thing before it start. And you're like, who is this guy? He's not very big. He doesn't look very strong. Mm -hmm. And then he would outsmart and outwork and outmove everybody. Yeah. And he'd win all the matches. And as I'm sitting here watching this, all I'm thinking about is your husband. I know. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. Did he wrestle in college too? No. Just high. But he was, but he was really good at it. Yeah. The premature balding. Yeah. The but I just I could tell that him. this is somebody that Nick would very much look up to. Oh, yeah. This is like I could tell it was going to be like a hero for your husband. Mm-hmm. The smartness, the whatever. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, I was thinking about your stupid husband. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> and on top of all of that, he is a really good guy. Right. When we talk about like golden retriever energy. Big time. He's very sweet. Yeah. He's very kind. He never let all that bullying like Which get to him. I was him surprised down. by. I figured I was going to go into like so much macho mm-hmm. hoo like energy. And yeah, to get the golden retriever vibes was a really nice surprise. I was like, oh, this is really sweet. Yes. He's a great friend, a great team member. His sportsmanship is unmatched. Yeah. All around. Really good dude. Everybody loves him. Mm-hmm. Everybody is his friend. He's the best. Um, And I will probably just maybe post a picture of the list of shit he's won because it's yeah. too much for me to list right now. Oh, of course. But it's everything, including eventually Olympic gold. Mm-hmm. Again, little brother Mark is right behind him. He's winning everything too. And they've become the first, I don't know if it's only, but definitely the first brothers to win gold medals. In like Olympic wrestling. Same, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though Mark is obviously one of the best in the world, he is an Olympic gold medalist. There's just that, that X factor, that something special about Dave that just puts him on like top tier best in the world. Yeah. There's a problem though. And that problem is at least back then, the U.S. Olympic team, you could not be, a per- first of all, you couldn't be a professional athlete to be on the U.S. Olympic team. So, like, even basketball and everything, like, we were losing to a lot of teams in the world because they would put their professional athletes on teams and we wouldn't. So, there's actually a really big deal. I think in the I think they did it in the 90s where they created the dream team in the U.S. where the U.S. finally lifted that rule. And they were like, let's get some like the U.S. basically invented basketball and we're losing basketball. And they're like, fuck that. Lift this ban and let's get goddamn Michael Jordan on our Olympic team yeah. and like clean house. Right. Yeah. That's another great documentary on Netflix that you should watch about the dream team. It's really good. Okay, But back then. Amateurs only for Olympics. And even if that wasn't the case, there is no such thing as like paid professional wrestlers in the U.S. That's why the WWF exists. Right. Once you 
go get out of college. There was no Super Bowl for this. Shit. Right. There, you yeah. can go on to be on the Olympic wrestling team and even win gold. But nobody's paying you to do that. No, you're doing all of that training out of pocket for real. You're going to the Olympics out of your own pocket. So there's a lot of kind of starving wrestlers out there yeah. and they're either not making it to the Olympics because they have to give up their dreams and like get a real job or when they do get to the Olympics, they're getting their asses handed to them mm-hmm. from a country like Russia who does have perf- like they pay their Olympic athletes to train to train year round. This for is the a Olympics. profession. They pay their housing. They pay their medical. They support their families. And so when I they didn't get- even think about the medical. Yeah. So <gasps> when they get oh to <clears throat> the Olympics, they're ready to go way ahead of us. Mm-hmm. So the fact that David and I sorry, I keep slipping. They, everyone calls him Dave. So I'll probably just call him Dave. But the fact that Dave and Mark win Even gold yeah. is mm-hmm. that's how fucking good they are. Right. But it sucks the rest of the time because um, that's one opportunity in your life. That's not going to cover you your whole career. Right. Mm-hmm. And eventually Dave uh, gets married to a woman named Nancy. They have kids. And so now he's got a family to support while he's, he's got mouths to feed, trying to train for the Olympics and like achieve the greatness that he was born to do. Mm-hmm. So to help make some ends meet, Dave starts like kind of coaching on the side when he's not training just to bring some money to the table. He's also competing a lot in Russia over his life. He makes for I think um his wife Nancy said that he flying made flying to Russia over hotels 40 trips in Russia to Russia to compete. He really finds like a community and friendship in Russia. The wrestlers there, like we said, are top tier wrestlers. He learns to speak Russian so he can communicate. And he also wants to hear what their coaches are saying. Cause they're like, oh, these are the best wrestlers in the world. Okay. Let me hear what they're Let's fucking saying to these guys. Yeah, that's smart. But because Dave is Dave, he makes friends with everybody of course. and everybody over there loves him. And now he's like building friendships and communities actually all over the world, but specifically in Russia and like Eastern Europe, they really love Dave. Wow. He make he actually meets one of his lifelong best friends there, Valentin Yordan Yordanov, sure, who's world class Bulgarian wrestler. Okay, none of this is in the movie. Oh, really? So after doing all of this and having their two kids, Alexander and Danielle, he wants to go after gold again. But like we said, he's got mouths to feed. He has a family depending on him now. What he really needs is to be paid to train. Yeah. And now we come to John DuPont. Uh Uh-huh. John DuPont was born in Philadelphia in 1938 to an extremely wealthy family, the DuPonts. Originally French, they immigrated in the early 1800s to the U.S. where as a company they manufactured gunpowder Oh, dang. That's so they ended up getting pretty rich through the War of 1812, which was quickly followed by the Civil War, where they backed the Union and sold the Union gunpowder and ammunition money. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That's blood money. Now their business, I mean, over the decades has grown to be like chemicals, car parts, Still like ammunition and like weapons, kind of anything in that world. John's parents uh, branched out into like 
becoming like thoroughbred horse breeders and like horse racers. Mm-hmm. Um, but that very, very rich, like top 1% world of that course. they're living in. Yeah. John is the youngest of four. Growing up, his siblings are kind of already out and about on their own. His dad is gone working 100%. He's never around. So John grows up very much a mama's boy. He's mama's baby. They are very, very close when he's growing up. But even though he's a mama's boy, he's still being raised basically in isolation with nannies. Right? It's basically just him and his nanny in this big fucking mansion where he gets anything he wants. Right. Except for like friends, family, socialization. The stuff that they need. Yeah. Um, That makes him very fucking weird. He lacks a lot of social skills. He's not very good looking. He's got this big old nose. In fact, when he gets older and starts being around these wrestlers or whatever they call him, the eagle. Uh Because that's like his beak. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a big old nose. He's got a big old schnoz on him. And he's a very small, kind of wiry, effeminate man. Kind of yellowy teeth. Mm -hmm. Just not a looker. Not very confident. Because usually it's like it's one or the other. So if you can't have the personality. Have the looks. If you can't have the looks, have the personality. He eventually goes to college studying science. Um, He graduates both from Harvard and the University of Miami. He later on gets his doctorate in national science at Villanova University. Again, despite being smart, we got some bad social skills. He wants to fit in so badly. He wants to be a guy's guy. He wants to be a manly man. He wants to be really athletic and like a world-class athlete, but he's not. Yeah. And he realizes after a while that he doesn't actually have to be athletic and he doesn't really have to make friends the old fashioned way. When you have that kind of money, you can just buy your friends and you can just buy your athleticism. (laughs) For real, though, he's not wrong. So after making a large donation and he is very philanthropic. How do I say that? He's charitable. Philanthropic. Yeah, he's very, very charitable. Yeah. So he does give to a lot of charities without asking for anything in return. But sometimes he gives something and he does ask for some shit. I was going to say, it's a little quid pro quo. It's like somebody might remember. (laughs) So, after a large donation, for instance, he becomes a member of the prestigious Santa Clara Swim Club, which trains swimmers. Um, They're at the time, they were currently training swimmers for the 1964 Olympics. This kind of starts a trend in his life where he'll either donate just straight money or he'll donate money to build like training facilities. Get his name on it. And get something in return. So now he's on the Santa Clara Swim Club team. He can't fucking swim. I mean, he can swim, but he can't swim like they want that. Yeah. Like they're swimming. So that doesn't work out. Um and the swimmers like him enough or at least feel bad enough for him since they he donated all this money that they kind of push him in the direction of the p- pentathlon. Fuck if I know. Pentathlon. I'm sure they do it everywhere. It's definitely something that's in the Olympics. Okay. It's kind of like the rich white guy sport. 
So the pentathlon, pen five, right? Okay. Pentathlon. Okay. It's five sports put together in one sporting event. So it's horseback riding, which he knows how to do. Obviously. Shooting like rifles, which he, he knows how, know to, how do. to do. Swimming. Fine. Eh. Running. Okay. Anybody can run. And fencing, which she could take white, some fencing lessons. Oh, right. A but rich white person. It's literally all rich white people yeah. shit. Uh-huh. He's not great at it, you know? But he could do all of them. Yeah. But <laughs> he still doesn't do as well as he thought he was going to do. So in 1967, he decides to host the National Pentathlon Championship on his farm, where he places 14th, in all fairness. Okay. Then he goes out for the Olympic pentathlon team. Wow, and he the finished, confidence. He finishes 21st out of 22 people. So, you know, there's still that 22nd person, though. Right. And you and I can talk as much shit as we want, but we would have finished. I'd be 24th. We would be in the parking I'd, lot dying. Oh, I wouldn't have finished. <laughs> I would have tapped out. So the fact that he finished, he's already a step above us. Cheers to that, yeah. bitch. I'll, I'll drink to you okay. finishing, sir. That's probably the only time he's ever finished in his life. Oh. Hey. Speaking of, mm. rumor, has it, rumor has it when he was a child, some sort of accident happened to him. Either he was thrown from a horse Something happened and he lost his testicles, mm. which is what gives him that kind of effeminate quality. That is just a rumor, though. There is no nothing to back it up. Some articles mention it. Some articles don't. That's worth mentioning. Mark Schultz definitely fucking mentions it because in any interview I read about with Mark Schultz, he is Mark talking fucking trash. Of course, yeah, Mark Schultz. Cash would. money shit is what Mark Schultz has to say about John Ooh. DuPont, which is so funny to me. I love I love it. Who cares? Keep dragging that motherfucker's name through the mud. Let's go, Mark. Do it. Back in 1986, now in his 40s, he donates millions of dollars to Villanova University. His is that an alma mater? Mater for a new basketball stadium. Now, in trade for this basketball stadium, he wants them to start a wrestling program. Which, by the way, nobody's asked for. Not one student at Villanova <laughs> wants to wrestle, but his that is his new. In case you haven't noticed, he takes on like this hyper fixation quality, this like obsession about things. So wrestling's his new obsession. How he wants funny. Villanova University to start a wrestling program that nobody fucking asked for. Okay, and he's asked to. He wants to be made head coach, even though he has no wrestling experience or coaching experience for that matter. That's so funny. And he built the mini basketball stadium. So they said. Of course, we're going to make a wrestling Obviously. team. Duh. Again, now, none of this is in the fucking movie. He hires a team of top rate coaches, including one Mark Schultz. Yeah. Now, the Villanova wrestling program uh, dies out in about two years because of John's fucking crazy erotic behavior. He's starting to pick up a real drinking problem at this point, mm. and he's his weirdness is spinning out into like craziness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's starting to get paranoid. He's starting to do weird shit that's mm-hmm. like turning off a lot of people. And he's constantly breaking NCAA rules. Like flagrantly, just like a spoiled little rich kid would break rules because he's not used to having rules. Okay. And the NCAA is like, no, 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 you can't do that. Get though. over your shit. Yeah. So that program dies out. And then in 1988, his mom dies. Mm. And this really sends him down a bad spiral. 
And she leaves behind her roughly thousand acre farm to John, of course. Um, and I'm assuming John also probably got even more money. But from wait, this. John's the baby of what you said, like four? Four. And he just gets it? Yeah. Okay. It's her baby. Mama's boy. He renames the farm Foxcatcher Farm, which uh, Foxcatcher, I believe, was the original name of his father's horse racing team. Okay. Or breeding program. Cool. Something about horses and his dad. Thank you for clarifying. Which does make sense. Foxcatcher, like if you're on a hunt and you're yeah. on horseback and you're, I guess, hunting foxes. For sure. Yeah. That sounds like something rich people do, is Again, it? white privileged people <laughs> bullshit. Let's go fucking ride horses yeah, and shoot at foxes. Like King Charles is probably doing that right now, right as we now. speak. Right. He then renovates the farm completely to turn it into an elite wrestling training center. And he starts the Foxcatcher like wrestling team, right? <laughs> yeah. With himself, of course, as like head coach. <laughs> yeah. And he brings in the top wrestlers in the world, specifically from the U.S., who, like we said, had nowhere to go before now. So it's pretty easy to convince them because he's built houses on this farm. Mm-hmm. You can live here. I will pay you. I will take care of your families. Just wrestle for Foxcatcher coach for fox catcher it's all wrapped up with a tight beautiful shiny bow and let's and go beat these fucking russians for sure usa yeah usa this is also in the middle of the cold war yes cheers to be getting a history question right you could only say russian so many times and i'm like it's gotta be now as dave's coming in little brother mark's on his way out because he sees the writing on the wall. John, who at this point has now picked up a pretty nasty cocaine habit on top of the booze. The drinking, yeah. On top of his natural, I'm sure that he has to be some sort of mentally ill. Yeah. The paranoia is at an all-time high, and he is obsessed with Mark. Oh. He wants to control everything Mark does, and Mark doesn't fucking like that. No. So Mark gets out while the getting's good. Mm -hmm. And he tries to warn Dave. Mm -hmm. This is not what it looks like. You don't do this. And Dave's like, I got fucking kids to feed. And he's like, he doesn't seem like that bad of a guy. Like he's eccentric. That's always like back then the word they used for John was eccentric. And Dave is the one that that so easily convinces people to like be a friend and like sees the good in people. Right. And, And like. It's very easy, I think, to buy into the idea of like, like if John was doing and saying the things he was doing and saying, but homeless, we'd be like, that guy's fucking crazy. Right. That guy's on crack. He's crazy. Stay but away. He's but he's rich. Yeah. So he's eccentric. Yeah. You know how rich people are. They're a little you know. kooky. Woo. Um. Now, I will say there is nobody ever talks about mentions, nor is there any evidence to the idea of john having like gay feelings towards mark Mm -hmm. i know that's something that they hint at in the movie Mm -hmm. it is to be noted that nowhere in any of my research does that ever come up Mm. so i feel like that might have been something they sprinkled into the movie or it's something that's so taboo now that nobody wants to talk about it i think that's where they lost nick where nick finally tapped out where he was just like i can't fucking do this anymore yeah Yeah. (laughs) there is no evidence of that happening in real life okay Thank you. 
But Mark still realizes this guy's fucking crazy. You know, he's oh. on his way out. He warns his big brother. Big yeah. brother's not listening. He dips. Yeah. So John's doing weird shit. Yeah. Everyone's coaching and training and doing a, doing what they're supposed to be doing. John is hearing voices in the walls. He knows people are out to get him. Mm-hmm. People are going to come and kill him in his sleep. He's got fucking. Who wouldn't? Um, right? Like cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's watching what everybody does. He records. He will record like hundreds of hours of footage of just like the woods, like at the property line or like the pond or whatever. And he will see things. He will see creatures, shadowy figures, people. He'll make everybody else watch it back with him. Mm -hmm. And they're like, there's nothing there. Is he a bird watcher? Yes, he's a bird man. Okay. It's one of the things he went to college for. Okay. Mm-hmm. He is a bird guy. Yeah. Actually, what a great way to segue into this. Hey. His farm's also used for hunting. Yes. So like duck hunting, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. He he also has like a shooting range. So he gets very close in with like the local law enforcement mm-hmm. who have basically a green light to come onto the farm, use the shooting range, do the hunting do whatever John supplies them with a ton of gear, like their bulletproof vests and guns and whatever. He makes huge donations to the police force to the point where like everything else that he buys, like a part of it, he buys himself an honorary police law enforcement member or whatever. Yeah. Give him the fucking little kids badge. It's very like Steven Seagal. Yeah. I don't know if you know about that. No. Oh, Steven Seagal grew up to like, want to be like a cop but it's steven seagal he's not good at anything and so i think some cops out there were like yeah buddy you're one of us you're on the force yeah it's very much like john dupont that's ridiculous but the point is is that john dupont's gonna basically be able to get whatever whatever he wants because the cops are in his pocket yeah now the wrestlers are are in fairness Thriving on Foxcatcher. A big part of that is because they are being coached by Dave, who, as we've established, great wrestler, great coach, Mm -hmm. great guy. And now they don't have the stress of worrying about how they're going to eat or pay rent or survive. Of course. A lot of families move on to the farm. And so they have this like really beautiful community of people who are there for each other who raised their kids together. It was really hard for me to watch Nancy, Dave's wife, is a big part of the Netflix documentary. And she actually goes back to um, Foxcatcher Farm and goes through like her old house that she she raised her kids there for like six years, I think. And it's like when they were little. So it's I mean, they weren't babies when they moved in but i think they were like toddlers yeah it's those growing years those core memories and it's so hard because as we'll get to here very soon one of the probably the worst thing that's ever happened to her happened there yeah but then she has six years of the best things that's ever happened to her Are happening also there tied to that. and it was just it's sad it is and everyone just kind of collectively agrees to like put up with John and his shenanigans because he's footing the bill. And when he's not being a complete fucking psychopath, That's fine. he's fine. Yeah. He's normal. You could see the desperation. You can see how badly he wants to be one of he them. He wants what they have. And I think a lot of people, even though he's so rich, feel really bad for him. Yeah. He doesn't have a family. Could you imagine me with him? 
<laughs> the way God. that I feed pigeons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I know. He doesn't have a family. He doesn't clearly have like true friends around him. Yeah. And so some of these guys really like connect with him like Dave. Dave really honestly bonds with John. They really have a friendship. You can tell that he's one of his very few what I would call real friends because when he's like showing people all these footage of shit that's not happening when he's seeing like he'll see bugs like he'll see bugs on furniture on his skin. He'll hear things in the walls. If he asks most people about that, they just go like, you know what? Actually, I wait, maybe I did see something there like just to play along with him and like not upset him. Dave never does that. Yeah, he doesn't pander to him. He's like, come on, dude. There's nothing there. You know there's nothing there. Like, come on. Yeah. And he kind of takes him under his wing socially. He takes him under his wing wrestle-wise because John really wants to be a fucking wrestler. Yeah. You will be shocked to find out that John's not any good at wrestling. Wow. At 55 years old, he decides to start his wrestling, wrestling career. His wrestling career. Mm-hmm. He trains with the team nonstop. Um but he's he it's loses embarrassing. He loses all the time. Yeah. It's super embarrassing. Yeah. He's going into competitions and he's just it does not losing fit. left, right, and center. So what does he do? What does he, he always one. do? He buys one. Yep. He starts the Masters League, which is basically old dudes. Mm-hmm. But these old dudes that he has coming on were great wrestlers we're in their time. Than him. So of course they're gonna beat him. So then what's happening is all the yes men on his team, which is the majority of the people around him, are going to these old timers and paying them off behind John and Dave's backs. Um, I mean, I'm sure Dave knows what's going on because he can see how bad they're flopping, but definitely behind John's back. Okay. And these old dudes are just taking dives. They're going out there. They're literally like laying laying on the mat and letting John pin them. And then John's like, fuck i'm the master i'm the best wrestler of my age group Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) i can't believe that and everyone's just going along with it that's so fun obviously the behavior is getting more and more erratic the paranoia is getting worse he's at this point now that he's winning so many matches and he's such a good wrestler he's starting to even like distance himself from the team a bit he's always going to be fox catcher that's his shit but he's when they go to competitions and stuff he's not part of the team like he used to be he'll go like mingle with the other teams the other wrestlers he starts hiring he hires in 93 he starts hiring this like security firm to investigate the like people in his walls and stuff. Oh my God. And they do all that. They rip his walls out. He was looking for a frogger. Yeah. (sighs) He thinks that people have secret underground tunnels that they've dug under the farm to come and kill him in his sleep. So they dig up his fucking farm all over the place looking for these underground tunnels. Eventually he starts to associate the color black with death. So he bans any thing that's colored black from cars to clothes to exercise equipment whatever all has to go because it represents death and this spills on on over to black people (gasps) so he bans all of the black wrestlers and their families from fox catcher farm because they he's like it's not that i don't like african-american people it's that 
black as death. Black as death. They oh can't be on God. the farm. Shut up. I swear to God. So fucking stupid. And eventually he starts doing shit like trap <laughs> trapping a pretty high up uh, wrestling official in his car and then driving the car into his pond and then getting out and like luckily he what? he gets the guy out and quote unquote saves his life. I'm like, yeah, because he's the one who put him there in the first place. And yeah, girl, this is blowing my mind. I don't know any of this. Yeah. All this of this is shit is getting unreported because the cops are in his pocket. Eccentric. This is bullshit. I know. What the fuck? He even starts to um, consider himself the Dalai Lama oh, sure. and expects people to address him as such. Yeah, because that's what the Dalai Lama would do is reject black people. Now, the only person that he really trusts is the head of his security, which I didn't write down his name because I'm a terrible podcaster. Cool. And Dave. Sure. Dave is the only person outside of security team that he is trust, um, that he trusts. Again, he's the only person allowed to check him. Anybody else who tries to tell him that he's acting Forget fucking crazy gets it. kicked out. Forget it. Or gets like a gun pulled on them. Mm-hmm. So like I said, he's now started to alienate himself from the team. Part of that is the main reason for that is because he's convinced that somebody on the inside is out to get him. Kidnap him, kill him, whatever. He's convinced that someone on the team, on the farm, there's like a double agent thing happening. So he starts really staying away from the whole team besides, of course, Dave. Lucky Dave. At some point in all of this, John's, John brings in our bestie, Valentine. I'm going to call him Val for short. Love it. But Dave's friend from the Russian wrestling yeah. part of his life. Yeah. He brings Val on. He becomes obsessed with Val it, to the point where now John is claiming that he is also of Bulgarian descent. And that's why he gets Val and Val gets him in a way that nobody else does. They understand each other because of their Bulgarian heritage. Right. And everyone's all, your name's DuPont. You're from like one of the most famous French families in the world. He's like, no, no, I'm Bulgarian. Starts <laughs> carrying around the fucking Bulgarian flag and shit. And Val's all, whatever. Like, Okay. He's paying me to be here to be with is something we can appreciate. He's paying me to be neighbors with like my best friend. Val's married. Val has kids. I think his brother ends up coming on too. And it's like he gets to live next door to his bestie, Dave. Right. Raise their kids together. Get paid so to. You want to make a fool sure. of yourself. And my pretend, Bulgarian yeah. brother. The problem is. Because John is so obsessed now with Val. Val's friendship real friendship not paid for actual friendship with dave is a problem yeah that's a big especially because val doesn't speak great english but dave is fluent in russian and can can communicate with them and and john doesn't john feels very fucking left out Mm -hmm. like there's footage of him where he's trying to act like he's having a good time for val's sake but you can see the rage he's that he doesn't know furious that he can't control the situation. Dave and Val and um, another wrestler named Dan Chide Chade are all really good friends. Mm-hmm. Dan is very much like Dave, very similar kind of energy and is one of the wrestlers who 
really tries, tries and tries and tries to like give grace to John. Okay. Like when you're watching the documentary in the home movies, it's, it's a lot of the times it's Dan like throwing his arm around him. Like, come on. Like you're one of the boys. You're one of us. That's nice. Kind of vibe. Yeah. But John is John and he's very fucking jealous. Of course. That's not going to be good enough. So he eventually kicks Dan off the farm by coming into the gym where Dan is working out and pulling a machine gun on him. Oh, casual. And telling him to get the fuck out. Cool. Dan goes to the cops. The cops don't do anything. Surprise, surprise. Mm -hmm. So Dan leaves and this causes like a wave of some wrestlers um, to leave Foxcatcher because they've had enough. And now that machine guns are involved, they're out. Um, They're loyal to Dan. Dan then goes to the U.S. wrestling, I don't know, organization to tell them like this is a really unsafe environment for wrestlers to be in like you need to drop ties with Foxcatcher and with John and whatever and they hear him out for a second but guess who his number one defender is Dave oh Dave Dave goes to the association and tells them look my family's on that farm my kids are on that farm if I believed for even a second that they were in danger, I would pull them out of that situation. No. I would never let my family live on a farm where I thought they were in danger. And because he's so highly respected in the community. Of course. They, they take that with a they lot. already wanted to side with John. And then you're going to put Dave on. Plus, John donates a cool four hundred thousand yeah. dollars. So he Easy. gets off with no consequence. Easy. One month later. Dan comes back to get the last of his stuff out of his house. And because he has a U-Haul, like he drives onto the farm. There's John had bought a U-Haul and had it parked outside Dan's house. Like before he even pulled the machine gun out on him. Get the fuck. So Dan comes back to finally fill up that U-Haul drives the U-Haul out. But now he has to leave his car behind. So he leaves his car at Dave's house. John sees Dan's car at Dave's house and is now convinced that his number one, his ace, his best friend is working with the enemy, is out to get him and is hiding Dan on the farm. Clearly. And he is basically working, actively working against John. The most logical thought. So John shows up one night, just drunk, white girl wasted. Woo! John shows up to Dave's house, super drunk with a gun. Oh, God. Dave gets the gun away from him pretty easily because he's fucking wasted. Mm-hmm. And he, like, basically passes out. Um, But before that, he, like, you know, hurls a bunch of accusations at Dave. And Dave's like, he's drunk. He drives him back home. Dave. At this point, Nancy wants out. She's like, dude, come on. We this can't stay much. here. But the problem is the Olympics are right around the corner. They're they're right fucking there. And Dave's like, let's just stay until the the Olympics. Olympics. And I promise we'll leave after the Olympics. But let's at least see the Olympics through. Right. January 26th, 1996. Dave Schultz is in his driveway working on his car. Nancy's in the house. The kids are at school. When John DuPont drives up, he's driving a car with his head of security Riding passenger, 
Um, the head of security has no idea what's going on. Yeah. They interview him in the documentary. John pulls up. Dave greets him friendly. I believe he says like, hey, coach. Hi, coach. Hi, boss. Whatever. Super friendly. Still to even after the gun incident mm-hmm. and everything. Hella cool. John pulls out a 44 revolver, aims it out the window, asks if he has a problem with him. And before Dave even has a chance to respond, he shoots Dave once in the elbow, shoots him again in the chest. Dave turns around and I believe collapses in a snowbank. Mm-hmm. Nancy runs out of the house to see John DuPont shoot Dave again in the back and drive away. Nancy, of course, hysterically calls 911, tells him what's going on, whatever. She's waiting for the ambulance, you know, begging Dave to just hang on. It was interesting. She said Dave immediately fell into like the breathing technique he would do when he was like kind of at the end of his rope with training and he just had to push through like a really hard training session. He did this like certain like a a special like breathing technique. She said he started doing that, trying to just like stay conscious, hang on, hang on. She said that he then stopped breathing. Oh, (laughs) I'm going to cry. I know. Wow. She told him that she loved him. She kissed him on the forehead. And he died in Nancy's arms yeah. in the driveway of their house. Thank God the kids weren't home. Right. Now, John drives back up to the mansion where he barricades. Wait, wait, wait. Where is his security guy? Still I, in the car? I think he gets out. Okay. I can't remember. They do. He said because they interview him in the documentary. Mm-hmm. I I think he gets out. Yeah. Because he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And right? he unbuckles himself and he gets out. Of the car. Okay. I won't lie. The security guard's actually kind of like one of my favorite people. (laughs) (laughs) So John goes back to his house, barricades himself in the library, which he has turned into a bomb shelter. Oh, God. He's got enough like food and resources to last. He could last months in there. Right. All of his besties, the cops who are so shocked that this could be happening. Like the 911 operator even asks Nancy when Nancy's on the phone. Like, are you sure? They're like, is was it an accident or on purpose? And Nancy's all on purpose, on purpose. But was it an accident? No, it was on. And the night they ask why? Because the the operator's like, John, because this might even. I wonder if this was before 911 was a thing out there. But anyways, the operator is like, John DuPont, are you sure? It's like, yes. And finally, the operator asks Nancy, like, why would he do this? And Nancy goes, because he's fucking crazy. crazy. She says he's insane because he's insane. So even the 911 operator is like in shock, right? Wow. So John's held up in his house. The cops are slow to act because they, that's their bestie. Eventually... They realize the severity of the situation. About 70 cops and SWAT come out, surround the house. They get him on the phone. They actually probably can't get him off the phone. This motherfucker is talk, talk, talking. But he's just talking nonsense. And they're trying to negotiate with them. It's not working because he's crazier than batshit. So they finally, they claim that they never rushed inside the house because they knew the amount of weapons he had. They didn't want to get into like a shootout take that with a grain of sand so they decide to cut the power cut the heat this is pennsylvania in the winter it's very fucking cold 
John DuPont's pussy ass doesn't last much longer than that. So he's on the phone negotiating and he negotiates with them if he could just go outside of the house and fix the broilers himself. And they're like, for sure, sure. for sure. Yep. Come on out. Cool. And so he gets out. He gets arrested. So of course. Fucking stupid. After a 50 hour standoff. February 1996. He's st- it's. They're trying to see if he's fit to stand trial. He needs to be assessed. He's assessed for a while, but he's granted no bail because of the whole standoff situation. He's going for, obviously, an insanity plea. Eventually, he's found to stand fit. He's fit to stand trial in January 97. That trial lasts until February 25th, where he's found guilty of third degree murder. And he is sentenced to 13 to 30 years in a minimum security prison. Where he eventually dies in, mm, I didn't write that down. I think. 2010? I think I have it. I think it's 2010. We'll find out. And he's 72 years old. Okay. I thought it was very telling and interesting when they were interviewing Dave's now grown kids, Alexander and Danielle. Uh, Alexander, it was sad on all accounts. Yeah. Um, Alexander's bummed he doesn't have hardly any memories of his dad neither mm. does Danielle oh. and that sucks because it's clear that their he dad was the, was the best yeah. and the fact that he can't remember that is something that like weighs really heavy on him yeah Danielle was very interesting because she was talking about when John DuPont died in prison that she was actually very sad because Everybody loved and revered her dad and everybody was so sad about her dad and is still so sad about her dad. And she said, for better or worse, this guy never knew real love, never knew like real friendship or relationships. And he died in prison and when he died. Everybody celebrated and everybody was really happy that he died. And she just said that made him sad. That made her sad for him. And I just thought that was very sweet because that's probably like, the most like her dad she could be. Yeah. It's very Dave. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's kind of, that's very sweet. Oh. Nancy eventually remarries um, in the 2000s. Um, she stays, stayed very, very close to the wrestling community, still is very close. That's, she's, her and her kids are forever part of that worldwide wrestling family, right? Mm-hmm. She found, um, I think, Maybe the year after his death, she found the Dave Schultz wrestling club, the David Schultz wrestling club to help especially take in the wrestlers who obviously are not a member of Foxcatcher anymore. So they're kind of just out to sea. Yeah. She takes all them on. She starts her own wrestling club that went on for decades. I think it just ended in like the late, like recently. Okay. And she... She is the founding person for the David Schultz Memorial Tournament, which is a now a worldwide wrestling tournament. And in 2015, she was inducted into the Wrestling Hall of Fame. They lovingly call her the godmother of wrestling because she's taken in so many wrestlers and she still raised her kids in the community of wrestling. Wow. And she said that anywhere in the world they want to go, they are taken care of. They have connections everywhere. 
She said even her kids, especially her older child, who's Alexander, he goes by Xander now. If he's going to be anywhere in the world for business, he'll call up his he's mom. Who do I call? I'm in this country. Who do who do I look up? And she's like, look up so and so. He's got a place to stay. You're done. The, he has family in that country. So there you go. Oh, cry. Well, do they have a relationship with Mark? So a lot of that stuff with the interview with Nancy and her kids came from the documentary. And like they I said, they couldn't talk about him. Mark wasn't in the documentary, which is so fucking weird. So maybe there'll be a follow up. I'm sure they do. I can't I imagine they don't. <clears throat> but because in, in the movie, I mean, oh, well, we'll see. Wow. That's so weird. That's such a different take on what I have. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll do a little quick Google search and find out. I'm going to say, so I've been doing some quick speed reading here. I'm actually reading, I should have done this for my research, our my favorite really thing that I always forget exists until it pops up on my Google search, um, History versus Hollywood. Which oh. is basically our podcast in a researched uh, <laughs> Calm down, article. Now. Calm down. Article form. Um, it doesn't say anything specifically about Mark having any kind of relationship, good, bad, or in between. But what I will say is I know for a fact that um, Nancy was pretty involved in the making of the movie. In fact, she supplied some of like dave's things for the movie including i just learned in that article the eyeglasses that mark ruffalo wears those are dave's real glasses that nancy brought for him but she brought stuff for the movie and she was there while they were filming and she loves how it turned out she thought the actors all did a great job to the point where she couldn't really watch it when they were doing the initial screening she had to keep walking out because it was too hard for her and it just said that Mark makes a cameo in the movie as like a security guard. Is he the security guard? Mark Schultz? No, not the one that I like. But yeah, he's he like a works at a gate. Yeah. So I would say if Nancy's on set a bunch and Mark has a cameo, I would venture that. Yes. Okay. Right. That okay. feels like a lot of crossing crossing of paths. I'll take it. Well, I hate that she likes the movie because I mean, spoiler alert, I fucking don't. In all fairness, she liked it because they did such a good job. I don't think they did, according to your story. Okay, we'll fine. We'll get into it. Okay, listen, we'll, we'll, I am not going to tell Nancy Schultz how to feel all, about anything. First of all, it's from Mark's point of view. Mm-hmm. So already, it's fucking weird. Yeah, because he's not even there for <coughs> most of that stuff. So, in case you guys haven't figured out yet, <laughs> we're doing Foxcatcher 2014. And kind of like what we were talking about earlier the movie starts with like film footage of just men teaching dogs and horses how to hunt yeah just old white people yeah doing privileged white things Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i'm immediately confused just like what does this have to do with anything yeah right so we go from crusty old white dudes (laughs) to hot piece of ass Ooh. Channing Tatum. Come on, Magic Mike. And he's, of course, wrestling in an empty gym, practicing his moves on a dummy. And I can't help but think to myself, 
I wish I was that dummy. You could toss me around <laughs> like that anytime. I'm like, damn. I'm like, oh, toss it. Mm-hmm. Okay. From there, he goes to speak at an elementary school. And this is where I learned that he is playing Olympic wrestling champion Mark Schultz. He's holding up his medal for all these kids to see. And they give zero fucks. Of course. There's literally like a collective yawn. They're like, where is Hulk Hogan? <laughs> what are we talking about right now? Right. Fucking wrestling? What? The school goes to write him a check for $20. Oh. Which they make payable to his brother. Why? Because Dave Schultz is the cooler brother. <laughs> so she just automatically assumed that they had hired Dave. Oh. And he's like, no, no, no. Dave couldn't come. I'm Mark. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, Dave would have gotten at least $40. All right. I learned that brother Dave is also an Olympic wrestling champion. Mark seems like a mess. Maybe suffering from depression. He's like driving around in this Beat up car eating garbage food. Oh. He's looking kind of slumpy, living in a dump of an apartment at the wrestling camp gym thing or whatever, where we finally get to meet Brother Dave. He's played by Mark Ruffalo, which you've already mentioned. I mean, at this point, uh, podcast, THC podcast legends. I mean, we've got ep- standard, right? Episode 53 and 63. Yep. Black, threes. Black Dahlia and the dentist. They warm up together. Dave keeps asking Mark, like, how you doing, bro? You okay? He can tell. Just like we can. Something's off with Mark. Yeah. When Dave goes to give Mark advice, like, keep your hips in or whatever wrestlers talk about. <laughs> Mark immediately gets pissed off. And so what started as like a friendly brotherly warm up ends up in a full blown match. They mm. beat the shit out of each other. You get there's, serious. there's blood. It's a whole thing. <clears throat> but. They love each other. Mark gets a ride home from Dave. Mark goes to leave the car and Dave's like, uh, where's my hug? Right. Mm-hmm. Like cute. At home. Mark's playing on his Game Boy when he gets a call from someone representing John DuPont, heir to the DuPont fortune played by Steve Carell. And he wants Mark to come out to check out his private wrestling training facility, all expenses paid, first class. So, duh. Why the fuck not? Of course. Why the fuck not? The facility is unlike anything Mark has ever seen, a lavish 14,000 square foot. Again, I can't do the math. We've talked about it on so many episodes. Big. We'll never learn. Uh, National Training Center on a sprawling 800-acre estate, which just so happened to also be a historical battlefield. Any mention of that? No, but sure, why not? Right. And it's only accessible by helicopter. No, that's definitely not true. 
No, people for sure drove in there. They drove around on the estate? No, no, you drive into the estate. No, that's crazy. Mark is immediately out of place. He's afraid to touch anything. Like, if I break it, I can't fucking buy it. Yeah. Right? So he's awkward. Right? And John asks Mark if he's trying out for the world. And if he's training with his brother, the great Dave Schultz. (laughs) Mark's like, you know what? Fuck Dave. (laughs) John explains that he's a wrestling coach as well as an overall enthusiast and asks Mark if he wants to join his team. So for me, meeting DuPont immediately at this point, I'm thinking wrestling is his life. Mm -hmm. I don't know any of that other bullshit. I'm thinking like this is his world. The fucking shenanigans that happened before. I'm thinking he knows the history of wrestling and that he's been planning for this his whole life. No, he's just has an obsessive way of hyper fixating on whatever his new hobby is. And I mean, I'm glad that you kind of described Dave earlier because like Mark Ruffalo does not look great. He looks like an old man. Yeah. Right. Like you said, he's balding. He's got this. Yeah, and beard. I think when um, I think when Dave dies, he's only like 36. It's crazy. He's already he looks like he's 40. Yeah. <laughs> He does, but if you see him move, talk, whatever, when you see him smile and whatever, you see how young he is. Okay. But yeah, of course. I mean, w- yeah. when you go bald in college, <laughs> ask Nick. It's only down from there. Babe, I love you. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Anyways, he wants Mark to join his team, Team Foxcatcher. He wants to get America the win. It's obviously an easy yes for Mark, but it's not so easy for John because he also wants Dave. He wants the two for one, Mm -hmm. right? Too bad Dave has a life, right? (laughs) He's built a life wherever he currently is with his wife played by Sienna Miller. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I forgot about her. And their two children. And... Mark's like, okay, well, I'm going to go on and do this on my own then. And Dave is super supportive. Like, yes, it's about time. Like, fucking do you, boo. Yeah. Like, I'm proud of you. I'm I'm super supportive. Obviously, Mark's life gets a huge upgrade. So he yeah. trashes everything in his apartment except for, like, his awards. Mm-hmm. And this fucking huge tire that he dreams with that barely fits in the trunk of his car also at this point like i understand he's living like this do they mention the fact that he's an olympic gold medalist or is it very in his speech to the elementary school kids who don't give a fuck they're making him look like a loser yeah that's what i'm saying the vibe is that like he's a loser no they're making him look this is a top rate athlete this is why nick was so mad yeah He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's so deeply offended by this movie. No, they make Mark look like a total loser. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. fucked up. Yeah. So, Mark gets to the estate. He's assigned to his chalet. Oh, okay. These mini mansions that these boys get to live in, basically fully stocked. He gets a tour from Jack, who's played by the great Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, lovely. Right. Who we've talked about because he is adult Tommy Doyle mm-hmm. in Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Jack is like the the 
bodyguard or whatever mm-hmm. that I was like, that's the guy that I like most yeah. in the movie. <laughs> so Jack informs Mark that much of the property is off limits unless you're invited by someone specifically from the DuPont family, who at this point is just him and his mom. I know nothing about siblings. I assume his dad is dead. I think it's just the two of them. I think that's true in real life. I mean, I don't know where his siblings are. I don't know. I'm sure his dad probably is dead. Okay. Because his mom lived until like her 90s. Mm-hmm. So I bet you that is true. That it is just kind of him and his mom. Yeah. So he also says, if for any reason you see Mrs. DuPont, it's best to stay away. Give her space. And don't make eye contact. Does he mean her, his mom? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. It is to be noted that the real John DuPont was married, but it was for less than a year. Mm. And they got divorced because he was so horrifically abusive to her. No shit. And would like pull guns on her and shit. Shocking. So I didn't. I didn't. So out of character. Yeah. I didn't throw it in there because they were literally married for like months. Who would even suspect? Yeah. Okay. So Mark being completely out of his element, not knowing what to do with himself. Jack gives him this fucking vhs to watch about the dupont family history and this is when i learned that he is the largest chemical corp in the world and one of america's wealthiest families so there you go congratulations need we say more as far as like how much fucking money these people have Mm -hmm. forget about it john is weird as fuck and this is why i don't understand how steve carell didn't get an award because the range this motherfucker has in yeah. acting, are you kidding me? To go from the 40-year-old virgin to this? Yeah. To the, like, he creeped me out in such a hard way. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they did to his eyebrows. <laughs> and they gave him the beak. They did. They gave him the eagle beak. <clears throat> and, like, he almost had, like, a hunchback, like, mm-hmm. the way that he walked. And the way that he looks at Mark as, like, a prize. They fly by PJ to the 1987 World Championship in France, you know, home to the DuPonts. Mm. Um, I'm so sorry. Uh, I don't want to correct you, but the DuPonts are actually from Bulgaria. Right. You know that? Don't forget. He's of Bulgarian descent. Mark almost makes himself sick because he's so nervous, right? He is so afraid of disappointing John. All he wants to do is be a winner but who else wants to be a winner you might ask but dave so of course dave is always wherever mark is yeah even i mean though, it's the same damn sport ex- exactly so even though mark's stepping out and doing something on his own for the first time dave's still always there of course <laughs> stick to gymnastics my guy mm-hmm. all right so After they're at this thing and they're both walking away winners or whatever, John is clearly more interested in Dave more than ever, right? So Mark takes John to Dave's room to introduce him, but duh, he's there with his family. So you imagine walking into a very small motel room Mm -hmm. with two twin beds, these kids running a mess. Your wife exhausted. Yeah. Right? So, of course, Dave is accommodating, does his best. But Nancy is like, hi, nice to meet you. And, like, it's going back to the kids. I would be so fucking annoyed. And that comes across. <laughs> I would be 
so annoyed. Right. And that's exactly what it is. She is. She's like, hi, my, thanks for stopping by. Right. Yeah. I would be so fucking annoyed. So Mark's pissed. Like, how dare you guys? Oh, so now me and my brother-in-law are fighting in the parking lot. That's right. what you're telling me? Because fuck him, dude. <laughs> I'd be so mad. I'd probably be at the bar drinking. And then this is why I'm asking about their relationship now. Because the whole movie, what's her name, Nancy? Her and Mark fight. Well, it's very clear that the Mark we got in the movie is probably not quite the Mark in real life. I hope so. Because, but then after what you said about what she said about the movie, I'm like, oh, damn. I think she was maybe talking more about Mark Ruffalo's portrayal of Mm, Dave. mm. That's what's hard to watch is a guy who like maybe really. I would say that's accurate. Like captured her husband. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I'll take that. That helps a lot. That's why it's hard for her to watch because she. It's like watching her husband. Yeah. Okay. That that helps. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like. Ugh. Anyways. So Mark's all butthurt. Whatever. He's all pissed off. He walks out into the hallway. Meow. And Dave, the good brother, runs after him. Like, don't let this get in your head. We got a match tomorrow. Aww. He's the best. He's the best. He's the best. So, it's a new day. It's a new match. And the two brothers, they're supporting each other from the sidelines. There's a big embrace. And Mark wins a medal. So, Mark and DuPont go back to the estate. They celebrate with the rest of Team Foxcatcher. The champagne is flowing. And John instructs one of the guys on the team to, like, all right, how do I describe it? There's a trophy room. Mm-hmm. On the estate. Most of the primary trophies, of course, belong to his mother and her esteem horses yeah. and all that. So he instructs the boys to take her shit down mm. and replace it with their wins. Mm. Because in his eyes, um, it's ridiculous to honor an animal's accomplishment accomplishments over humans okay right he's very upset that she cares more about her horses Mm -hmm. and all that stuff than what he's doing right he wants to be the primary thing it's very queen elizabeth and prince charles right when it becomes clear to john that he can't have both of the brothers He does everything he can to work himself in between Mark and Dave. And he's telling Mark, you know, it's time to move out from your older brother's shadow. And of course, this is exactly what Mark's always wanted to hear because it's all he's felt his whole life. Blah, blah, blah. Emotional. Meow. 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 So Mark finally feels seen by DuPont and DuPont's asking him to like, you can call me Golden Eagle. <laughs> oh, boy. Right, because, like, we're bros now. And what do bros do? Cocaine. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I had a different answer in my head. I'm glad I didn't say what I was thinking. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> They're getting into a helicopter. 
because they're going to some fancy dinner and John can tell that Mark is super nervous. So he's like, here, here's a vial of cocaine and a mirror. Are you amped up and your nerves are at 10? Here's (laughs) cocaine, a stimulant. It'll chill you out. Uh, And Mark's like, well, what am I supposed to do with this? But of course... We show him the way, and then we go to this dinner where John shows him off. Like, look at my fancy little prize, everybody. This is giving me anxiety, and I'm not even chanting Tatum. Tell me about it. Could you imagine being coked out dealing with this shit? Oh, my God. With all the... He, again... He was already so nervous. It makes me want to peel my skin and off he has and run to, into traffic. he has to introduce DuPont. Yeah. He has to read a fucking speech. I would rather... That was written for him. I'd rather pull my fingernails off. I, golly... So he's trying to read the speech and he can't understand half the words because they weren't. <laughs> it's not his speech. He's all like, you're a, like you were saying, like a flirpader, a badoo badoo. Oh, sounds horrific. <sighs> One day, Dave is at the gym calling Mark like, hey, stranger, it's been a while. I miss you because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's the cutest. God, Mark doesn't deserve such a good big brother. Mark makes excuses for why he can't talk and hangs up. And then there's this scene that no one knows how to interpret. And that's where they hinted at maybe possible gay stuff. Gay vibes are flowing. So John wakes up Mark in the middle of the night. And he's like, meet me at the gallery. And it's, there's like fancy paintings on the wall and it's very dimly lit, but there's wrestling mats on the ground and they're both dressed like they're going to train. And obviously Mark's been training with John because John wants to pretend like he's a fucking wrestler. Yeah. But this is very much John just kind of laying on top of Mark, making noises and Mark looking at the ground in shame. Okay. Like, this isn't wrestling. Like, this yeah. is, this is. This is something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, so, no proof of this in real life. And they're fully dressed. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it is what it is. So then to make things more awkward, we also see scenes where Mark is like in little workout shorts mm-hmm. and no shirt. Like, they're drinking on the porch and doing coke and Mark's shaving his face and Shaving DuPont's beard and... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All normal uh, things. All just bro stuff. Which was the perfect time for John to confide in Mark how his mother, Jean, basically paid for his one and only friend growing up. Oh. Like, he had one friend his whole life and at one point he learned that the only reason he had the friend was because his mom was paying for it that's rough Mm -hmm. and of course mark relates that back to dave like i only had dave as a friend my whole life Mm. i totally get how that feels yeah right and we're the same bro yeah it's like no you have the best brother ever yeah and he wasn't paid to be that. And this is something that I feel like they're kind of taking from Dave's story, which is one of the reasons that Dave kind of took to John was because Dave saw a lot of himself 
in John For just very sure. different like life paths. Yeah. Cuz he was also bullied and kind of like ostracized and whatever. Yeah. He just found a way out of that through wrestling and John didn't. John mm. just like kind of paid his way through life. So it's one of the reasons why Dave was so into like coaching John and teaching him wrestling. Cuz he was like wrestling helped me. Like it'll help you like gain confidence or whatever. Oh my god. Yeah. DuPont funds a freestyle wrestling event so he can, of course, show off all of his amazing skills that he's learned. All of his sweet moves. All the progress from Mark's personal training. But we see Jack pay off the competitor. And again, in the movie, I assume John knows. Right. Right. I just figure he knows he paid for the event. He paid for the win. He paid for everything. And it's the shame on Mark's face. Like, oh, fuck. Like, we've been training, but for what? Nothing. Like, you're just going to buy it anyway. Yeah. So, what a waste of time. Yeah. Proud of his trophy. He brings it back to Mommy Dearest. So, he can ask if he can put it up with her trophies. And she shoots him down. (sighs) She makes it very clear. That she does not approve of his interest in wrestling, calls it a low sport. Oh, in real life, they called it a barbaric sport. Ooh, and she won't see her son acting as such. Mm-hmm. Team Foxcatcher takes a day off and enjoys watching some MMA on TV. Mm-hmm. Which and back then, that's like the early days. No, Nick told me it was actually inaccurate at the point that this was actually going on. Like they couldn't have been watching MMA because Mark himself went on to fight in like MMA nine. Yeah. Like it was so close. Mm-hmm. It's like that was the one like inaccurate. He was like, they were just a little odd. like the fight that they were watching. It's like that didn't happen yet. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like a bloop in the movie. Yeah. But- Cause I wonder, I wonder what year it was in the movie. I do remember watching MMA with my my grandpa had recorded it so you had to get it like what through pay-per-view or something like you had to pay I don't even know maybe you had to pay some shady underground people to get your no, hands for on real it. like but it, my grandpa somehow got a VHS mm-hmm. of like one of the first MMA matches yeah. and we would watch it all the time because he wanted I grew up in a very WWF heavy family we really liked it and my grandpa would always pay for the pay-per-views so i could watch it me and my uncle jason were super into it Mm -hmm. but my grandpa wanted to show me like the real shit he's like what you're watching is fake here's the real shit and it was like back in the day when there wasn't weight classes and people could wear shoes it was so hard and it was like styles versus other it wasn't weight classes it was like He's proficient in monkey style and tiger style versus so and so who's proficient in dragon style. And you're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> no, really, though, for real. But um, I don't know. I don't know when that happened because it was on a VHS, but it was yeah. definitely the very early 90s. Yeah, for absolutely. So, yeah, it's probably in like a weird gray area. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, so they're all just hanging out. But because John is so upset about his interaction with his mom, he has to take it out on someone. He's got to go and take it out on Mark, right? You lazy piece of shit. You guys should be in the gym. Mark doesn't call the shots. I do. He slaps Mark in the face. What? To make Mark feel even worse. He's like, you are a total mistake. I need to do better. You need to get your brother or else. Oh, 
my gosh mm-hmm. i'm in shock i'm yeah. shook so mark convinces dave to fly the family to the estate when they land he's not there to greet them really yeah so how do they know where they're going <laughs> is there like a driver like, oh, I'm sorry. Is there a helicopter pilot ready to go? Du- DuPont's people are there. Okay. Mark's not there. That's fine. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just wondering, a, no. an estate that you have to helicopter in, we got to work out some. Right, right. No, DuPont's estate folk are there. <laughs> are there. His helicopter's there and ready to go. But Mark is not there to greet his brother. And Dave's like, "Uh, aunt, you called me out here. Yeah. Like, I literally flew my family out here. And he loves his brother. And you can't show up yeah it's fucked up <laughs> he's like so he he's like are we okay and mark lies he's like i'm just so focused on practicing oh yeah for the prelims for the summer olympics but we all know how threatened he is by his brother being there so he starts training alone while the rest of the team starts to train with dave yeah of course mm-hmm. wouldn't you want to train with dave per usual. Dave is calling Mark on his shit like we need to talk. It's very clear something's wrong. But he doesn't want any help from his big brother. And Dave asks like, well, what about DuPont? What's going on with this situation? Are we good? Like this is is this a good move for the family? Mark says nothing. How weird. Mm-hmm. It's silence. I don't like what this movie's doing. That's why I was upset. <laughs> I was like, she couldn't have liked the movie because I don't like the movie and I want to like her. <laughs> One day while the team is training, John's mother, Jean, decides to pay them a visit. Let's just say she's less than impressed by her son's training skills. <laughs> the idea... Of her son rolling around on the ground with another man does not sit well with her. Yeah. I really like this idea. And by this point, obviously, in real life, she was dead. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. I love that she's there judging this whole thing. She's this cranky old bitch, Mm -hmm. I think is very funny. And she haunts him yeah. throughout this whole movie. I feel like that's a that was a good choice that the I, fucking now, director made. Now that you yeah, now that you point this out, she haunts him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's my favorite character. And if that's not bad enough, Mark performs like shit at the prelims, and John and Dave watch from the sidelines, and all of this causes him to go into a spiral. Mark ends up punching himself in the face. He smashes his head into the mirror. And then trashes the rest of his hotel room, followed by lots of crying, binge eating room service, and then a little bit more crying. And to be fair, like, I'm, I'm kind of on board. I'm yeah. really like, like, fuck it. At this point, you deserve it. <laughs> yeah. But for sure, it's not going to help anything. No. And so we hear the hotel phone ring. And it's, of course, Dave and... Mark ignores it, and so Dave is forced to break into the room, and he's not happy when he sees his brother's condition. He slaps him in the face a few times. Pull yourself together. And then holds him while he cries some more and pats him on the back as he purges all the food he just ate because he needs to make weight in the morning. Mm. 
right? And all wrestlers know this is a big fucking deal. Yeah. He doesn't. Mm. He has 90 minutes to lose 12 pounds. Okay. People have done it for the UFC. And he's and he fucking does it. Yeah. And the only reason he does it is because of Dave. I think Chris Weidman did it one time. Mm-hmm. The only reason he does it is because of Dave. Dave keeps his brother so focused. He keeps John away to the Smart. point where he like risks his relationship with John. Because you can see that John's pissed, but he's like, I, you can't. You just have to let him focus. And so, you know, Dave had to take all that heat and it pays off in the final round. Mark does beat NCAA champion Mike Sheets and earns himself a place on the Olympic team. Amazing. Right. Because of Dave. Thank you very much. So Dave notices that John missed the match and thinks it's due to their altercation. Right. He blames himself. And so he goes to find out what the fuck's going on and learns that Jean, John's mom, did pass away. Okay. And so John had to fly back. But what we next see is them. Well, I guess first we see a very distraught DuPont releasing all of his mother's horses. <laughs> <laughs> And like shooing them away, like be free. Oh, that's she's not here anymore. So funny. I don't know. This movie sounds hilarious. (laughs) That's because I'm amazing. Yeah, you are amazing. (laughs) Because this is so fucking bad. But yeah, so he's be gone. Yeah. But then yeah, the Schultzes arrive back at the Dupont estate and this is when i believe the real mark schultz makes his appearance right he's standing outside of the estate oh. and he's all like do you have an appointment to see mr Dupont?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really awful acting it was great <clears throat> okay they get back in they're doing their thing John is really concerned about Mark's mental state, which Dave is like, we're good. Now that we got a win, we are back on track. Right. We just got to stay on track. We got this. And we also see at this point that John has a camera crew following him around. Mm -hmm. There's no fucking mention of it. (laughs) <laughs> no one brings it up. It's oh, John's got a camera. Yeah. Right? Okay, this is normal. Apparently, he's making a documentary about himself, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Team Foxcatcher. I mean, the greatest coaching uh, of, all coach of all time, time. of yeah. all history. And let's just say that Dave is influenced to speak very highly of John throughout the whole documentary. He's fed lines. Okay. Like he'll go to say something and they're like, eh. They're like, could you maybe say it like this? And he's like, well, that's not what I said at all. And they're like, yeah, but it sounds a lot better, doesn't it? <laughs> just as John and Dave, or I'm just as John has Dave under his spell, he's flashing his money, money around. He's basically selling John 
or John is selling Dave on the idea of like giving all this money to all these wrestling camps. Mm-hmm. $500,000 here. Five have $500,000 there to all these different wrestling things mm-hmm. for all the ages. And so it's like, well, it has to be worth it. Right. right. I'm not the only one benefiting at this point. Yeah. Like it's the greater good that mm-hmm. I stay here and yeah. do this. I mean, that's a pretty reasonable thought to yeah. have. Mm-hmm. And it's, of course, at this point that Mark tells Dave that he wants to leave. <laughs> yeah. Again, Dave is forced to choose his family over Mark. Like, you just had me relocate everybody. Look at what we're doing. Look how close we are. You can't ask me to move them again. Like, think about how many times we moved as kids and mm-hmm. how miserable that was for us. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do that to my family. Like, we're good here. Just give us a chance. And so he does convince Mark to stick it out until after Soul, the and in the ultimate big brother move. Somehow he uses his leverage and convinces John to agree to continue to pay Mark even if he's not on t- on team Foxcatcher. Wow. Yeah. He's like, as long as I'm working for you, even if Mark's not on the team, you're paying both of us. Badass big brother. Brother move. Hey. Badass big bro. Mm-hmm. John agrees, but he also decides that Mark has to allow him to be in the corner when he competes at Seoul. And it actually backfires on John because this just gets into Mark's head. And he's fucking fragile already. Mm -hmm. And so he loses his match. He competes like shit. Okay. It's like, well, you shouldn't have been there. So afterwards, Mark keeps his word and he leaves the estate and Dave continues to work for the team and John continues to drink and feel sorry for himself. And then eight years later, <laughs> oh, January 26th, 1996, the day after my 11th birthday. We Crazy. See, I know. We see John sitting in his trophy room alone watching the documentary which ends with he and Mark hugging after one of their wins. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, this stirs something up in John. Okay. And he calls for his person to warm up his car. Okay. He needs to take a drive. Mm. And he drives with Jack in the passenger seat to Dave's house who lives nearby and Dave's out working on the car in the driveway with Nancy inside doing the laundry. Dave being the amazing person that he is approaches the car like, Hey buddy. And John rolls down the window. Like, do you have a problem with me? Yeah. And like you said, a very confused Dave replies. No. When suddenly DuPont shoots him three times. Jack does get out to help Dave when John drives away. And when Dave's wife comes out to see what the fuck just happened, she almost gets shot. Like DuPont puts the gun to her. 
And then we see her call 911 as Dave dies in the driveway. Ugh. We don't... We see John walk through, like, this bunker-type situation, I guess we would call it. But they don't give us any indication of what's going on. Until finally he comes, like, walking out the back into the snow and he gets tackled. Oh, okay. Like, so there's no big standoff no, or no, anything? No, There's no two-day fucking SWAT big... No. Mm-mm. After we see get him get arrested, the next thing we see is crowds of people cheering at an ultimate fighting championship. Nine, to be exact. Yeah. In 1996, where Mark is fighting and everyone is yelling... USA. And while the movie doesn't show us what actually happens at the fight, according to Nick, he wins. Oh, okay. And it's his last fight ever. Okay. He walks away after that. The movie ends with these notes. It says that Dave was inducted into the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Doesn't say anything about his wife, which I think is so. Pretty... Dave was mm-hmm. your movie came out two thousand fourteen. Yeah, she wasn't inducted till like two thousand fifteen. Okay, but yes, Dave. I should have mentioned them. So sorry, Dave was okay. post death admitted into the Hall of Fame. Perfect. Mark never wrestled again after his loss at the nineteen eighty eight Olympics, and from there he moved to Oregon, where he now teaches wrestling clinics. And again, Nancy's in Oregon, so okay, maybe they are friends. Babe. There we go. And John Dupont died in prison on December 9th, twenty ten. Yep, that's right. Okay, I'm shocked at how different that movie was than the real right? story. I can't believe they didn't. So they didn't ever hint at how fucking crazy John Dupont was. There was no like. Voices in the walls and bugs crawling on his skin or anything? No, absolutely not. The only thing I will give you that were odd is one day he and Mark are walking on the estate and apparently he bought himself a fucking like army tank. Yeah, that's true. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, who cares? Like, this is irrelevant. But he was mad because it didn't come with the machine gun or whatever Mm -hmm. that's supposed to be attached Mm -hmm. to it. So then, yeah, he like dismisses everyone like this is bullshit or whatever. And then he gets his fucking machine gun. Yeah. But besides his obsessive like need to have these weird fucking things, there was no indication of him having any paranoia or... I wonder why not. He handled his booze. He handled the coke. No, he could not handle booze and coke. No, he was fine at all the parties. It wasn't like he was a mess or anything. The The only person that was a fucking mess in this movie was an all-time American champion. Yeah, gold, <laughs> like medal, they, gold medalist. They made him look like a fucking wreck. They made poor Mark look like... That's so shocking and upset and he wasn't even there he left in 88 as dave was coming in yeah no i'm so confused and that's why when when nick was like oh yeah no i couldn't he's like i tapped the fuck out he's like it was so absurd 
That is absurd. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they did a disservice not only to Mark, but like, how dare you make John seem like a credible, possibly good person? Again. So I did. This guy's I, a fucking psycho. No, I gave the impression he gave me weird vibes, but yeah. in no way other than him laying on top of Mark and making weird noises and him and, buying and a lot me, of weapons. There guy, was no racism. There was no paranoia. There was no hallucinating. His drinking was relatively under control. Like I saw him drinking a lot of whiskey. Yes, but he wasn't ever like out of control. He has ca- even the coke was like they're on the porch. It's the two of them. Who cares? What do you? What damage are you going to do? The two of you just hanging out doing coke on the porch. It wasn't like him going out and about and like being crazy. Man, yeah, wild, wild. Yeah, because I would say what the real John Dupont did versus what the movie John Dupont. Him having that weird scene with Channing Tatum. To me, that's the most normal thing he could have done. Like, if he's if he's a, never had the affection of anyone, and he's never is- had the and if he really was, you know, let's just pretend that the movie was real. If he really was gay and he was raised in a time where like that wasn't seen as an okay thing, his mom wouldn't have even accepted wrestling. This guy alone- who could easily take you was letting you do it, you know, right or wrong. I could see that being a thing. But that to me is like more normal than, than what John Dave. Dupont was actually doing. Yeah. Than fucking going to shoot Dave. And the, no mention so of weird. Russia at all. Like Who, there was no, no. Where's Val? Where is Val? And oh, all, and you know what's crazy? Where's Dan? You know what's crazy? Is Val, Valentine, yeah. ended up being John Dupont's heir. Stop. I Valentine, John Dupont named Valentine his heir. So Valentine... Uh, got all that money when John died. That's some bullshit. At least John's portion of it. I'm sure. I'm sure a portion of it goes back to the family, right? But John's like wealth that he came into this life with went to Val. I'm so mad. Yeah, and there was there were people who stayed with Team Foxcatcher, and you know, because even though Homeboy was in prison, it was still a thing for a minute. Because they kind of just didn't know what else to do. And they didn't. Well, yeah, again, these poor people who have been so used to just being paid to do their sport. Yeah. How do you go back to regular life? So it was a split of like some people just out of regards to like Dave and Nancy just quit on the spot. But then some people hung around for a while and were trying to like figure it out. But yes, that's how obsessed he was with Valentine. He made Val his heir. Fucking crazy. And then even mention him in the movie. <laughs> no, that's he wasn't even in the movie. Yeah. And he was a the, big deal. The, the fact that the car was at Dave's house to make him be all like, what the fuck? Yeah, like they never even set up why no. he would be having paranoid no, feelings. He literally Dave. he saw himself hugging Mark and got upset and he's like, Well, I guess I fucking love Mark, so let's go shoot Dave. Yeah. And they completely downplayed him and Dave's Real friendship. Like, Dave really tried to be this guy's friend. There, Yeah. Wow. All no, right. If anything, all we saw was, like, on a Sunday. Again, I didn't mention because it was irrelevant. But it's, like, on a Sunday, we do see John just 
lonely in his fields and he drives to Dave's house and Dave's playing with his kids and Dave looks at him like, Hey John, how you doing? And John doesn't say anything. He's like, well, it's Sunday. You got to remember it's family day. Like I got to have a day for my family. Yeah. And he's like, not to push you away or anything, but like, this is that time. And yeah. John drives away. And in real life, I bet, I mean, that might have happened. They might have had a family day, but from what I could tell. He probably didn't. No, John was very much enmeshed. Dave made sure, like, Dave and his family, Dave, Nancy, the kids, would go up to the main house all the time. Like, there were wrestlers who lived at Foxcatcher who never got invited up to the main house. Because remember, you have to have an invite yeah, from the Yeah, but Dave DePont and family. Nancy and the kids were there all the time. They spent holidays together, okay. Christmases, Thanksgivings. Like, John really yeah. finally no, had a family. The, none of this was in the movie. That, Mm-mm. you know, accepted him. No. And give it a- that makes it even more disgusting and heartbreaking that he shot dave i'm gonna give it a two yeah i'm so mad two knife review mm-hmm. after they- a string of fives oh it's crazy yep what a good story though so again what's such a sleeper of a movie if you just take it off of that you're just gonna dismiss the whole story mm-hmm. but and a great story. story itself i really recommend that documentary yeah. on netflix if you yeah. guys are interested at all it's a really good documentary, and I really think it would be good for you to see the real Dave and the yeah, real Nancy. For you sure. don't get to see the real Mark for whatever reason. If you want his side of things, you have to do the 30 for 30. So weird. But the reviews I heard said that although 30 for 30 has Mark, the documentary on Netflix is better because it's the home movies. It's yeah. the interviews with Nancy. It's old interviews with um, John before he went to prison, but he was acting weird in the interviews. Um, And then all the wrestlers that used to wrestle with him, including Val's in it. Um, Dan is in it. Yeah. All the key players are in it except for Mark. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. What a ride. What a ride. See, we're opposites. I thought because of the movie, the case was going to be boring. And and you thought because of the movie that the case was... Yeah, the case was great, and the movie case was, was great. Awful. Movie wasn't great, but you know they can't all be winners. But again, the acting was so good. It's not to the fault of the actors, of course. The actors all did exactly what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. The story was garbage. It was written poorly. Yeah. So no hate on any of the boobs. All right. Well, there you have it. I'm talk about our look of the week because I got to break this shit down. Okay. So again, you're married to an ex wrestler. Literally, it's his life. His dad is a wrestler. He's obsessed. Like, it's just, it's everything. So I'm wearing his high school Healdsburg wrestling shorts. And what's Healdsburg to us? It's where Scream was filmed. Exactly. Which we reference in our first episode. There we go. Meet your Scream team. Most nights. I'm always cruising over here with my Camp Crystal Lake backpack. Mm-hmm. But tonight I brought his actual grappling backpack. Oh, like they have what actual he, backpack? Uh-huh. What they use. Rips. Uh-huh. To use at the gym. And then I've got, let's see. The only ones I brought were the ones with the red, white, and blue ribbons. Yes. There were a lot 
to choose from. Oh. He put all of them onto Violet and she was having a hard time. That's walking. so funny. <laughs> all the medals. Right. I, I don't even know how many. One, two, three, four, five, six, whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we got all the medals. And that will be our inspiration for tonight. We could not find the, the singlet. singlet. God the damn last it. time he wore it was two houses ago. Yeah. And even then, it was probably like, how did we get him out of it? Yeah. So. Man, if you guys ever find it, you've got to put it on one of the skeletons for Halloween. And oh, of course. That'd be so funny. What's even better is that because wrestling is so hard in this family, like we have the pictures of Violet as a baby in a singlet. Yeah. A little black singlet with a little wrestling beanie. That, yeah. That Grandpa Bob got her. It's and apparently all the kids got it, but I don't know that any of them wore it. But we <laughs> definitely put Violet in it. That's so cute. Love it. So yeah, it's a the legacy lives on. It yeah, it's a very good look of the week. We'll have to force Nick to listen to this episode and he can give us a review. Right? I'd love that. All right. Well, to see B's look of the week and all of our husband's medals from his, the prime of his life, uh, go to THC podcast on Instagram and wherever you're listening to this. If you want to leave us a five star review, we'd love that. If you want to drop me a comment or a DM on Instagram, I'll get back to you eventually. Um, other than that, anything else, B? What a time. I mean, we did it. Did the booze cut through your illness? Yeah, I yeah. told you I was ready. Me too. It's been yeah. a long week. I was uh-huh. excited. No, for sure. This is exactly what the doctor ordered. We love to hear it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. Hey, rest in peace, Dave Schultz. You were a fucking real one. You were the best one. And it really, this one, this it one really sad. got to me. This, this this week, it really got to me. The murder of David Schultz. That was a rough because one. Because it's such a quality person. Of all the fucking people to die. Could- I mean, come on. I could say something awful. We're not going to because we're going to close it on. No, no, no. We will. (laughs) No. But yeah, Yeah. that was a rough one. Yes. But we love you guys. We love David Schultz. And we will see you next time. Bye. Goodbye.